Welcome to a special episode of Weekly MVP, because they're all special. <laughs> uh, but today we are talking M20 previews, and with us we have two wonderful guests. We Thank have uh, Mark and Yanni, who Hello. both did a ton of work on M20. Steve's here too, but we can mostly ignore him. Uh, it's hard to do. So we do have a preview card for you today, Yes. Mm -hmm. but we're also going to talk through a bunch of stuff that's been previewed, yep. and then we're going to talk through, as you can see at the bottom, uh, down this this direction, uh, we've got some the tokens to show off, yep. and there's, there's something kind of cool about those. Yep. And then we will be taking your questions as well. So if you have questions, put them in the uh, little chat type thing, and uh, I'll look at them on my phone. Write them down, and uh, we'll do you, ask do you, these guys. Do you actually type like this? Because that's the like wrong this. way to type. I type mm -hmm. like, like you're supposed it's more to. Like this. This is yeah. how you get carpal like, tunnel. This is this is dinosaur typing, and like this yeah. is Blake or typing. Like this. Yeah, exactly. That's how Rodding yes. Regisaur types with his seven powers. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so we're gonna start by talking about our first preview card, and our first preview card has a bit of, bit of a, a lineage mm -hmm. to it, a history, if you will. A history. <laughs> so uh, let's let's look at the. The first card with Lotus in its name. Uh, where it all where, started. Yeah. Where did mm -hmm. this card come from, Mark? The, um, what, like the design history? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were you, did you have a hand in design? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Hold on, yeah. chat, before chat goes crazy, this is not the preview card for M20. This is not the preview card for M20. Yeah. Preview for Corset Limited Edition Alpha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I remember um, uh, when Magic first came out and I was first seeing the cards, I remember. Um, seeing a guy open a Black Lotus and feeling bad for him because <laughs> I had opened, like, Plague Rats. And I was like, man, I feel bad for this guy. Like, that doesn't do anything. Meanwhile, th mine could become, like, a 12-12. So, <laughs> yeah. It can. There you go. Black Lotus can't be, mm -hmm. can't attack for anything. Yeah. Um, but it, it, Black Lotus is obviously an iconic card, and it started a long line of cards with Lotus in the name. Yep. Uh, so... Not, I think it was, I think the very next one, if I'm remembering correctly, was the next card, uh, Lotus Petal, uh, which was yeah. one third of a Lotus. One third of a Lotus. Because obviously, yeah. a black, still broken. Look, yeah. a Black Lotus only has three petals, you guys. Yeah. yeah. Only three. Yeah, fantastic, divided by three. Yeah. Still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there were there were a bunch of Lotus. There ha, there have been a bunch of Lotus cards yep. throughout Magic's history. What is it about the name Lotus that that you think grabs people's attention? That's a great question. I don't know. It's like I mean, to me, it all comes back to the original Black Lotus card. Mm -hmm. I started way back in Mirage, which is four years into the game's history, and already Black Lotus was a thing I knew yep. immediately mm -hmm. about, even though I had never seen one, didn't know anyone who owned one as a kid playing but it was just this huge thing, oh, the Black Lotus, that's right. the card you want. Yeah. When I, whenever I saw the ability of Black Lotus, it always like it always made me be a little like, what? That it didn't <laughs> only make black mana? Mm -hmm. I was like, it's called Black Lotus. Like, why Why wouldn't it just make black mana? But it's that, obviously... It's that powerful. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. would, that would still be extremely powerful, even if it only made black mana. That's the thing. Now, there's only so much design space right. around right. zero-cost <laughs> artifacts that sacrifice to make right. mana, because they're pretty much inherently broken. Even Lion's Eye Diamond, which was meant to be right. not broken, is broken. <laughs> um, but that that doesn't um, mean that we haven't carried on the Lotus name for things that make a lot of any color mana. So uh, Lotus Bloom is actually another one of the zero cost artifacts. It sees some mm -hmm. modern play. It has seen more in the past. 
uh, but it, it, it's a, set, a suspend version right. of Black Lotus, uh, which more or less made it there. Yeah. More or less. More, yeah. more you're or less. still doing broken combo stuff, but you're waiting until turn four. Yeah. A fine time for anyone to win the game. <laughs> right. um, but then things got bigger. So Gilded Lotus, which is currently in standard, uh, is a, a this is a commander staple. It makes three mana of any color, just like Black Lotus, but you don't have to sacrifice right. it. Right. Do it turn after turn. Uh, and because then we it's had, gilded. That's why. Because it's metal now. And then we had Lotus Cobra, uh, which also makes a ton of mana. On some turns it does make three mana. Um, but then, so the closest analog we have to our preview card is this next one, which has a, uh, a, a warm place in my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was around the you time should really I get that checked out by I a doctor. <laughs> Lotus Veil. So... Yoni, talk us through this card. Why it's why it's worth playing. What what things you can do with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it gives you a lot of mana of any one color. Mm -hmm. It fixes your mana, which is pretty useful. Mm -hmm. um, it puts lands into your graveyard, which can sometimes be useful. Mm -hmm. That's something I was definitely inspired by looking at this older card. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, obviously, today's card is very close to this, and we're going to show everyone the card in a moment. But you just mentioned putting lands in the graveyard was mm -hmm. something that you were actually actively looking to do. Why was that? Uh, part of it is we knew we were coming out alongside Modern Horizons, and that's one of their big themes mm -hmm. in the red-green, putting lands into your graveyard. Mm -hmm. We knew we wanted cards in, in this set that would work well with Modern Horizons, mm -hmm. and so we had our head in that same space. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the other things you can do with that, that card's very good if you have something that can untap a right. single land. Right. Uh, originally, when that came out, there was a lot of rules fuzziness, right. and the rules changed mm -hmm. around that time. There were points where you could put it into play and get the mana before you sacrificed it, but then there were points where you couldn't. You mostly couldn't. Um, seems a little unfair. Seems that mm -hmm. it was just kind of black. Just a little. For like yeah. a hot second. <laughs> um, seems to go against the spirit of the card. That's yeah, all I'm saying. So yeah. Today's but we have card. the spirit of the lotus. But being right. broken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, today's card, uh, Lotus Field, mm -hmm. uh, doesn't have quite those same issues. So, Yanni, tell us about this card. That's right. So, as you can see, quite similar to Lotus Veil, but it has that very important line of text, hexproof, mm -hmm. protecting it from the field of runes of the world yep. right. or, uh, you know, the common land destruction spell that we probably haven't previewed yet, but you might find in mm -hmm. M20. Um, but it still lives to the same spirit. You can use it to get to fix your mana, mm -hmm. to get whatever kind of color of mana you need. It's great for casting the Cavaliers that are in this set that all cost three uh, of a single color of mana. Mm -hmm. um, and also, it fills up your graveyard. Mm -hmm. It can be useful and interact with a lot of things. Yep. Um, and you can untap it with Kiora, so I love that there's just a lot of interaction points for this card. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can get a ton of mana out of it with, with other cards that untap lands and right. do that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Um, it's also beautiful. It is. It's, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Things. Great art. Um, Mark, why is uh, a card that uh, plays on past iconic cards, why is it a good fit for a core set? That's a great question. You know, with a core set, we have um, new people coming in, and we love cards like this, which can start some storytelling. Like, mm -hmm. to them, you know, maybe they've never heard Lotus, and but the person next to them has, and they can, oh, let, like, let me show you how it used to be in my day, or like, mm -hmm. let me show you, you know, let me tell you about the time when I... Saw one of those win a tournament, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Let me tell you about the time that I opened up a play grass and my friend <laughs> right. opened up a right. block lotus. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it like it kind of like um, unites people in, in storytelling, mm -hmm. and then also it's fun for. Of course, that's our for everyone. Like our, our most enfranchised, most dedicated players 
are, are playing our core sets too. And so we love taking these opportunities to do these callbacks. Um, we're not set in a specific world or a specific plane. We can kind of dance around a little bit mm -hmm. uh, where we want to and, and, and tell kind of storytelling on the cards like this. So. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the text is very similar to Lotus Veil, but Yanni, how did you balance this with modern templating and, mm -hmm. and timing and that sort of deal? Um, yeah, we thought that coming into play tapped was enough of a drawback for mm -hmm. knowing that it would stay uh, on the field with hexproof mm -hmm. and be available for all your synergies with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like the I like the clean line of text. Enter the battlefield, sacrifice two lands. Right. If you don't have enough lands, you have to sacrifice it anyway. Right. Whereas right. the old the old Lotus Veil <clears throat> kind of danced around that a little right. bit. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that is Lotus Field. I have I have a lands commander deck that I'm just jamming this in immediately. Yeah. Uh, it's a very cool card. There's a mm. lot of little tricks you can do with it that aren't obvious at first. Uh, so yeah, that's a good reminder actually. Yeah. In addition to wanting to work well with uh, Modern Horizons, while we were working on the set, was shortly after Lord Windgrace Commander deck came out. Right. So we knew that's also something people would be looking to fill out. Yep, absolutely. Cool. And I'll tell you what, I'm not. I I don't love hexproof all the time. I really <laughs> like it on this card <laughs> right. because. After you sacrifice two lands, right. you kind of want the land that you mm -hmm. use to sacrifice those right. other two yeah. to stick around. So it yeah. uh, definitely reduces the feel bads there. It's, uh, it's one of the times yeah. that I actually really like Hexproof on a card. And if you want to animate it with uh, your Nyssa and then put a bunch of auras on it, there you gross. go. Gross. There you, there you go. It's gross. Now you're talking. It's like yeah. boggles, yeah. but <laughs> awkward. But, but land. <laughs> yeah, it's my... I, I play Lotus Veil vale a lot in Commander, and they're... People just like strip mining that card <laughs> just because. As well they should. Yeah, yeah. Strip mining three lands. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like there are other factors that you're, uh, you're yeah, ignoring yeah. here. Like you're the one piloting the <laughs> yeah. deck, right? right? I mean, like right. strip mining your land seems correct. That's right? fair. Um, so let's talk about more cards in the set. Yeah. So we've we previewed a good deal of the set so far. The full set is going to be live next Tuesday, the twenty fifth. So it's we've all already happening so fast. Yeah. So yeah. fast. The tidal yeah. wave. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we've already gone through a lot of the set. Uh, so let's talk through a lot of the, the highlights of the set yeah. and new things that we've done or return to old mm -hmm. things. Uh, so let's start with uh, the face of the set, the Chandras. Uh, so we just came from a set that had Uncommon Planeswalkers, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and it was kind of it was special for that set. But we've gone back to it here. So what what was the reasoning? What's the story behind the Chandras for this set? Mm -hmm. we, yeah, we knew we wanted to do um, a Chandra theme set from the beginning, and so mm -hmm. we'd always been planning on different ways, thinking about different ways to express that. Yep. Um, you know, it's a light touch, but it's an important one that this set, if you play through the set or just flip through the cards that you learn a little bit about our kind of featured character. Um, we had thought about different ways to pull that off and different kind of card gags or different ways we could execute or, or show different moments from her life. Um, and... Then at some point, I think um, the Yanni and the team like put their heads together and spun out ideas, and they came up with this approach. Yeah, um, I was very excited to show right after War of a Spark. You know, this is still not becoming the norm. Uncommon planeswalkers, but mm. I wanted to show, hey, we're still innovating. Yeah. This is a different kind of uncommon right. planeswalker. It's not a single minus and a static ability. It has its own things going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love the idea that War of a Spark is about all these different Planeswalkers coming together. The decks it tells you to build have a lot of different Planeswalkers in them. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of something that would be telling you to have a lot of a single Planeswalker. You know, there are people who like to really get into the character right. by having that deck be all about that character. And yeah. this is a present for those people. Okay. I, also, I love the art on those, uh, on those Chandra's. It's really cool mm -hmm. to see her progress mm -hmm. in her career. 
Uh, and for those of you interested in finding out more about that art, we did a piece with IO9 mm -hmm. where Taylor Ingverson uh, weighed in on what the art direction was for those particular cards. So check it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's also look at uh, another cycle. We haven't shown the whole cycle yet, but uh, at the mythic level, we had some Cavaliers, which mm -hmm. are elementals, <clears throat> which are, are a little bit Chandra-themed. Uh, so what's, uh, what's the story behind these guys? Mm -hmm. Uh, so at some point, we arrived on Elementals as one of the themes of mm -hmm. this set. We really like that they made sense with Chandra and also with Mu Yanling, who's the blue planeswalker here. Mm -hmm. um, and so that is something you'll find a lot in the limited environment and also is something that I'm hoping will make a splash in standard mm -hmm. with cards like the Omnath Legend that was previewed today. Yeah. Um, we also thought, hey, wh what, what would be our big cycle of splashy creatures if we had one? Right. Um, Around, the, around this time, there was this idea going around with our creative team of, can we do a Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse motif somewhere? Can we sure. get that look out there? Um, so that kind of got combined with Elementals. Hey, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. And it led to this concept. Okay. Um, they're all sort of loose. They're, they're all doing the same thing of having enters the battlefield and a dies ability that kind of shows these are both forces of nature, but also sentient beings. They're coming in and doing something and they're leaving right. kind of this their own style of destruction in their path and mm -hmm. having a big impact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, where you mentioned the elementals theme meshing with this, where did the elementals theme come into the whole set design? Mm -hmm. Part of it was uh, me wanting to look at a draft structure that had um, five primary themes in three color groups, mm -hmm. and so this came up as our good as our teamer theme: red, green, and blue. Red, green, and blue have a lot of elementals. There's a lot of ways that those colors show elemental magic. Um, and that was something that we found to work really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a style, it's a way to do tribal um, that feels very fresh. I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of our sets have a tribe that lives in one color or two colors, and there's you know, the kind of balance. And here it's a little bit of a diff different approach, mm -hmm. right? It's, um, and so elementals cut across, you know, there's, there's a cycle of them that cut yep. across. Mm -hmm. Mythic, it's just like the kind of thing we wouldn't normally do if we were doing elves in a, in a set, it, it would look very different from how we have elementals here. Mm -hmm. So it feels fresh, It feel it, the drafts feel very mm -hmm. different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a change of pace that we were excited about as mm -hmm. soon as the idea came up. Okay. So elementals, you have them in each color, but are they focused in any color or color pair? They're mostly focused in red and green, with some in blue, mm -hmm. um, which comes up in limited. Okay. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, we got a question in chat, and it just happens to be our, our next topic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, why reprint the ley lines here? And actually, there's, there's a lot that's interesting about the ley lines mm -hmm. to unpack. So let's, let's show, show the them. first yeah. group, uh, which are the reprints. So mm -hmm. where, why bring the ley lines back here? Yeah, so definitely a lot of what we had in mind was wanting to reprint these cards for Modern. Again, we knew we'd be coming out next to Modern Horizons. Mm -hmm. And also, we had a great example of this uh, being enjoyed by our players with course, at 2019, mm -hmm. which had Scapeshift and Omniscience, and we wanted to do something similar like that here. Mm -hmm. um, we looked at potential options and found that the ley lines would be actually a pretty good fit for standard. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the idea of reprinting these three that have proven very popular and getting a chance to have a crack at a new red and green one. Mm -hmm. Which have not. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the, um, from a product side, it's these are very unique cards. It's kind of a unique style of card. And what, what I love about it is we know they're powerful. You, you can see their, their use and their application across mm -hmm. formats. But also they're the kind of card that feels, for a lot of new players or players who are just learning the game, they feel, uh, they, you can feel the power, right? It's not some subtle nuance. Mm -hmm. It's like for free from the very beginning, you know, mm -hmm. it just like speaks to you. It feels like, a, like you're cheating. 
um, which is, can be a great moment for newer players that mm -hmm. we're trying to bring in through the set. So it kind of hits both levels mm -hmm. in a way that not a lot of cards cards can. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to find uh, rares for the set that were both uh, very exciting for new players and did something interesting for uh, more enfranchised players. We looked at either concepts that were very resonant or cards that you know told you there's something bigger about this game for you to explore. Mm -hmm. Even though a new player looking at Leyline of Sanctity might not really understand why they want hexproof, mm -hmm. they can see that line of text of oh this starts on the battlefield right. and know they're looking at something special. Yeah. I know why I'm going to want it. Thought <laughs> erasure. There you go. <laughs> Give me hexproof from thought erasure, please, mm -hmm. please. Um, the question. Let's go to uh, the two that are new. Mm -hmm. So you created two new ley lines for this set: ley line of combustion and ley line of abundance. Uh, so first, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but why create new ley lines for these two colors? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there have been a couple stabs before at red and green ley lines, but they haven't really approached the popularity that the other uh, members of a ley line cycle have reached. Mm -hmm. And so we figured, hey, instead of picking some of those older cards that we're not sure uh, fans will really appreciate, let's take a stab at something new that they might really find great. Yeah. So um, how did you come to these two designs? Um, well, I got to the red one because I wanted to make a dingus egg that punished your opponent when you destroyed <laughs> their lands. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think on this show we've ever had anybody on that said, my intention, I really wanted to make a dingus egg. Yeah. <laughs> like, Nobody said that yet? I'm the yeah. first. Not yet. You're the yeah. first one. Wasn't dingus egg banned at one point in time? Yeah. Or restricted? I think you have the red card, right? Yeah. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so once everyone convinced me that, no, we shouldn't make a dingus egg. See, I thought, you know, we want something that maybe could be impact modern. It hurts them when they use their fetch lands. Yep. They were like, no, that's, that's too griefy. Yeah. Um, so we got to this more protective version. Sure. I like that it's showing off the protective side of red. Mm -hmm. uh, and that in addition to maybe being good, against, in, good for some, against some strategies in modern, like against Grapeshot with Storm, it also protects your things. If you've got a deck full of Chandras, it'll punish your opponent for messing right. with them. Sure. Mm -hmm. And the green one's unique because it has an activated ability yeah. on it. Yeah. How did how did you land on that? It's a uh, unique yeah. activated ability too. Yeah, so we started with just the your Llanowar elves produce more mana type mm -hmm. text. Um, we found that people just loved it, but it tells tells you to make a deck with, you know, twenty lands and twenty plus creatures that tap for mana. Mm -hmm. And occasionally that just meant you never found your finisher. And uh, as fun it is to make 15 mana, if you don't have anything to spend it on, you're not doing very well that game. You mean 20 mana elves and one Gigantosaurus <laughs> and a bunch of lands is not a good deck? Sometimes they have, the, do sometimes they have the murder for your Gigantosaurus. <laughs> right. So that's when you need to pay all that mana to put right. counters on all your elves. I like to it. finish the job. Um, I remember my question from earlier. So you mentioned that uh, the ley lines were part... Part of an attempt to get a couple modern cards mm -hmm. into the set, like we did with the last core set with, with Scape Shift and, and Crucible of Worlds. Uh, is that something that you foresee doing for core sets going forward, giving a little taste of modern action there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we want to show that core sets are for new people, but also they're for everyone. Mm -hmm. And starting with a core set, you can kind of go any direction from there. Yeah, yeah, we, we know that... Um we know that this, these are our starting places for a lot of players, mm -hmm. and, and we're happy for them to follow the breadcrumbs wherever they want. Mm -hmm. Also, again, the fact that core sets are kind of um, cross-planar, that they, can, that they mm -hmm. can jump around, they afford us the ability to, to reprint these cards, um, the ones where we want them, and not like be too concerned about canonical explanations of 
what exists where and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, does this plane have this kind mm -hmm. of ley line? Right, we can, just, yeah. we can just say, no, don't worry about that. It, it's, it's a card that, that we think you'll be excited for and put it in. Yeah, mm -hmm. it makes sense. Uh, let's move to some of the cards that a lot of players are most excited about. Uh, the three color wedge legends. Mm -hmm. yep. I've got. I've seen the question about Kalia. We will get to that in a moment. Uh, but we're going to start by talking about. Uh, I'm going to mangle some of these names. <laughs> Kaikar. Mm -hmm. Kai. Yep. Okay. You're Winds perfect. Fury. Yeah. Great. <laughs> it's the it. noise that, that it's that the noise that make. the bird yeah. makes. Yeah. Kaikar. Yeah. Kaikar. I like that fairy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Yoni, tell me. Uh, actually, let's let's start with. Uh, this cycle. Mm -hmm. Why create this cycle? Sure. So part of the inspiration was we saw that the Elder Dragon cycle in twenty in Corset 2019 was well received, mm -hmm. and that brought us to kind of the obvious next step of hey, what if we do the other five three color combinations? Mm -hmm. uh, like we said with modern cards, this is something that tells you hey, Commander is a format. You're going to hear people at your pre-release, even if it's your first pre-release, talking about these cards for Commander, and this is a great way to show you hey, that's a place you can go. Yep. Um, from this initial spot of, hey, we kind of want these three-color wedge legends, that kind of brought us to the limited um, structure that we ended up on where, it's, has, where the strategies are centered in those three-color combinations. Okay, so that mm -hmm. is actually a question we've gotten in chat. Is, yeah. is M20 a three-color draft format? So, no. You can draft a three-color deck, mm -hmm. but it's more that the uh, strategy cards for those strategies can be acro found across three colors. Okay. The mana fixing is not quite as good as you'll find in the Ravnica sets we were just in. Mm -hmm. So still, if you're trying, not everyone at the table is going to be able to draft a three-color deck. Most of the mana bases are going to be for two-color decks. Mm -hmm. But you can build the white-blue flyers deck, but there's also some red cards that happen to work with your flyers, and so your blue-red deck can take advantage of some of those flyer synergies. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, let's throw Kaikar back up on the screen and <laughs> talk specifically about this card. Yeah. Um, it's got some interesting abilities. We've seen the second line of text in a lot of places, but that third one combined with the yeah. second one does a lot. So unpack this for us. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll start by saying we started with all of these kind of playing into those limited themes. Mm -hmm. So our original designs for this slot in the set were cards that told you to have a deck full of flyers. Mm -hmm. But going into standard playtesting and thinking about what we wanted these to do in Commander, we found actually flying it's pretty well covered in standard. We've mm -hmm. previewed a lot of cards like Imperian Eagle, which formed the core of this standard deck that we were pretty happy with. And that brought us to think, oh, for this slot, is there something else we can do? Um, and we kind of just started from scratch and thought, okay, what are things a Jeskai deck is going to want to do? Mm -hmm. What's good in Jeskai? This is combining spirits and casting a lot of non-creature spells, mm -hmm. both of which are sort of popular themes in white-blue and blue-red, and I love that it's bringing them together. Okay, very yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. uh, let's move to the next one, which is Kalia Zenith Seeker. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten a couple questions about this one. So I already know it's popular, but mm -hmm. this one, uh, Kiker was a new character. Kali is returning to an old character. So there's a kind yeah. of a balance between that. How Kalia, did you who first showed up in the original Commander release. That's right. Yeah. We did yep. one of the original Commanders. Very, very powerful Commander, very popular <clears throat> character. Mm -hmm. uh, so talk a little bit about this card. Yeah, so this was another case where the uh, white-black-red white, combination and draft is more about attacking and being aggressive. Mm -hmm. But we were finding that there was enough of that in standard. We looked at also like aristocrats' directions, but there was also a ton of cards like Judith and Legends already suited at that. 
So we kind of wanted to find something just out of left field. Mm -hmm. uh, so we looked at old characters for inspiration and found that this combination of angels, demons, and dragons was kind of perfect. Mm -hmm. it, there's a card, there's Lyra in Dominaria, yep. which we love the idea of playing this and it forming an angel deck. Mm -hmm. Maybe we have a couple dragons and demons thrown in for good measure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Mark, how do you balance when you bring back new characters, or old characters right. in what sets? Yeah, the, certainly the, the first question is always what's right for the slot, that sometimes um, you know, there, there's various targets you're trying to hit with the slot and, and it, it never helps to try to force someone in. Um, if, if you can line it up and there's a great candidate that, that's a popular character that we know people have a fondness for, mm -hmm. then it's always tempting to, to just usher them right up and, and they can have a seat in that slot. Mm -hmm. um, we, we love a mix, particularly in our, our core sets, of the old and the new. This is not, we're not, this is not mining the old um, archives. This is not about having to know who, being expected to understand who all these characters mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. So we do want some brand new faces, um, the Kaikars of the world. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, it's, it's a home run when we can find someone um, that we know has, a, like, has a, some, some fans at home who will be excited to see them back on a card. Mm -hmm. And so we try to mix it up and, and just deliver um, uh, what's right for the slot in different ways each time. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Uh, and then this is the question, this is the call a question I got in chat. Are there, um, did you, with printing this card, did you guys intentionally seed any extra demons or angels or dragons that you knew would work well with this card? Mm -hmm. Uh, for a lot of it, we were happy with what was already around. Mm -hmm. You know, we have Lyra and um, Aurelia, Aurelia mm -hmm. right? Already in those color combinations. Niv -Mizzet, yeah. <laughs> sure, Niv Mizzet yep. in your five-color deck. Yep. Uh, well, I will say. Niv Mizzet reborn. Mm -hmm. Like why yep. wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. Uh, I do know there's at least one uh, demon and dragon, which I don't think we've previewed yet in the set. So keep an eye out for those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, I, I love, I love cards like this that tell players who are just maybe considering building their first deck. It gives them pretty strong rails of, of at least stuff to look for. Mm -hmm. So you can look mm -hmm. at this card, and you can just Google those three creature types plus magic, and, and you, there's a whole world of stuff waiting for you. Yep. Some of it is we've mm -hmm. seeded, some of it is waiting for you in standard, others, you, some of it's not from 10 years ago. Yeah. But we, I think with um, Arcades, we saw some similar things with M19, where all of a sudden, people were just like diving into the world of walls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is just a fun thing to do, and it really caught some people's um, hearts, and so uh, this is another example of that same kind of strategy um, from our side, where like, it's just, it kind of like shows you that the door's open and there's a whole party going on over there mm -hmm. and you're welcome to go check it out if, if it catches your attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot like Arcades, I love that Kalia, uh, I've seen new players just want to fill up their deck with walls and yes. that's generally a bad strategy, but Arcades makes it correct. Similarly right. with Kalia, you don't generally want your deck to have 24 right. angels, demons, and dragons, but if you're a new player who hasn't learned about, learned about mana curves yet, that might be your instinct. Mm -hmm. And your deck is right. still probably going to be a little rough, but this helps it go along. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now, speaking of making for Commander, this is a oh question boy. we got from chat. Um, how often do you uh, look at a set and try to fill in maybe some gaps in Commander? Like, uh, White's weak in this area. Maybe we can give them a Commander card that does this. Mm -hmm. How often does that happen? Fairly regularly. Yeah. I think we're generally looking for opportunities to make new cards. Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of, you know, is sometimes we start from thinking, oh, hey, here's a hole of something we haven't done for white yet. Let's fill it. And other times it's we stumble upon a white design and we kind of defend it and stick with it more because we find, oh, this is something that really works well for Commander and that is needed more of. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and Mark, we, we have a Commander release every year that is... Commander 2019, yep. 2018, whatever. Uh, 
how do you, obviously that's all focused on Commander, but then we sprinkle Commander stuff around. How do you determine on a step-by-step -step basis how much space Commander takes up? Yeah, I think step one is um, looking at the appetite. I think we spend a lot of our time um, talking to players, polling players, collecting information, looking at how people are are enjoying the cards and, and what they want to do, and then we try to kind of follow their lead. Mm -hmm. um, and so as we see commander appetite and excitement just continue to be mm -hmm. a major part of our ecosystem, we just look around the gaming tables of the world and we see a lot of groups of four or five people with 100-card decks. Mm -hmm. um, so we are increasingly looking with every one of our sets. We know that every one of those, every card we print is an opportunity to consider something for that, that style of play. Mm -hmm. Also, I think we have a lot of, um, we just have a lot of crossover so we'll have a single player who, who goes to pre-release, they're a strong drafter, and they have one commander deck. Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of high, these people are not divided cleanly into buckets. Yeah. Um, and so uh, even for our hardcore competitive standard players who are looking at this set with kind of a standard focus, we know how powerful it can be to also kind of like mm -hmm. make them smile because they're imagining a, a commander deck they might build next week. Yeah. And so we're, we're really working to kind of spread those things across. Um, we have big crescendo moments with our commander releases, but every set is an opportunity to excite all of our players, mm -hmm. um, and so Commander's a big part of that. Yeah. I'll say that's another thing I love about Kalia. We sort of got to this specific design starting in mind of, we know this is a thing that works in Commander, how do we make it also play well in Standard? Sure. So right. we, we, even, we considered reprinting the original Kalia of the Vast, but mm -hmm. quickly decided we don't want that kind of super high variance gameplay of, do I attack you with this dragon on turn five every game uh, into Standard? And so mm -hmm. we saw this approach that's more about making sure you find the cards you need works better for standard. I hope it's also an invitation for commander players to consider, hey, maybe they'll like the standard deck, mm -hmm. and for people who like the standard deck to try the commander deck. Yeah, mm -hmm. makes sense. Uh, let's move on to the next three-color legend that we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. This is my favorite card in the yeah. set. And, also and everybody was so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so People around the world gasped that mm -hmm. this is Blake's favorite Wedge Commander. Uh, or Wedge Legend. Or yeah. Wedgend. 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 That you were, oh, that's good. Someone already made that joke in chat. Oh, I love it. Feature chat, you it. get me. Yes. <laughs> we're doing it. So Yarek, it, it has some Death Touch Lifelink, whatever. Those are, those are there. <laughs> It was semi-relevant yeah. in the game I played today, but uh, so if a permanent entering the battlefield caused a triggered ability of permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So tell us about where Yarek came from. Yeah, so this is one that stayed rooted in those limited themes. The blue-black-green theme is about taking advantage of enters the battlefield effects. Mm -hmm. This is one of the more abstract themes, you know, flying and elementals is something that's pretty easy to explain to a new player. Hey. Right. Go take all the cards with this word on them. Enters the battlefield is a little more abstract and a little more, a little bit more about value. Mm -hmm. So we wanted something more blunt to show yep. you, hey, this is this is a theme you can build around. Um, using the technology from Panharmonicon, we saw, oh, we we can do that pretty directly. Yeah. yeah. And what people might not know is that Yarok the Desecrated is Panharmonicon spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not accurate. That's not accurate. Yeah. Um, I can personally attest to how. Powerful this card is. Yeah. I uh, I put together a commander deck. I literally just scrambled around my collection, jammed mm -hmm. 100 cards together, and I played it over lunch today uh, with some other employees, including our producer, who is over here, and uh, he was playing an Eldrazi deck. <laughs> um, anyway, I won both games just doing well crazy, ridiculous things. One game was uh, infinite mana with uh, Palancron. 
mm -hmm. and the other was uh, just I drained the table for 56 with, um, oh, now I'm forgetting the, uh, the green creature from um, Battle Bond that makes a copy. Of Bramble Sovereign. Bramble, Bramble Sovereign. Sovereign. That comes into play. You get two triggers because of Yark. Right. So you get to make two copies, and I used it with, um, wow, I can't remember names. The Devotion. Gray Merchant of Gray Asphodel. Merchant. Thank you. Yes. Gray Merchant of Asphodel and Drain the Table for 56. Anyway, can attest. Commander's super fun. There's yep. a lot of cool things you can okay. do with it. Okay, sure, mm -hmm. Blake, but how many cards did you draw off of Muldrifter? <laughs> I didn't get to cast Muldrifter. Then it sounds like you lost the game. I had one in my hand with Yark in play, and one of our uh, people at the table mm. cast one of the draw sevens, mm -hmm. like reshuffle draw right. seven, and so Muldrifter went away. It so, wasn't. Uh, so I'll note there's actually a flavor win because you said you beat an Eldrazi deck, mm -hmm. and the the idea behind Yarok is that the Eldrazi are no longer on Zendikar, but some of their influence is still felt, especially mm. on Balaged, which was really torn apart by them. Okay. So Yarok is showing Valand kind of getting angry and recovering from that in a. You know, wave it leads to bonkers commander games. Very cool. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. Take okay. battle. The Eldrazi anger of the land. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, that actually jives with uh, a couple theories I saw online. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have uh, a, a really interesting. I thought this Planeswalker was interesting mm -hmm. because it's a collection of abilities and pluses and minuses that we haven't really seen before. So, Mu Yangling, uh, Sky Dancer. A three-mana yeah. planeswalker, which are, are yeah. difficult to do. Um, walk us through this one, because it's, it's got a lot of weird things going for it. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say the original inspiration came from way back when I was starting the design of a set, and I really liked the idea of flying as one of the themes. Mm -hmm. It's a great theme for new players, especially for blue, where a lot of blue strategies can be headier and hard for a new player right. to you know, understand playing their first game of Magic, but flying is a pretty straightforward one. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so I really love the idea of using Mu Yan Ling here, who's a little bit about more the the physical, the interactive parts of blue, uh, and less about making it so you can't cast spells ever. Mm -hmm. um, this particular design, I'll say as a designer, I um, really wanted to experiment going away from the classic um, templates of Planeswalkers. And so you'll see a few Planeswalkers in this set, maybe most of them, uh, that don't really have this traditional plus-minus ultimate structure. Mm -hmm. This is one where it's going a very different direction, where it has, you, you can only use one ability of a turn it comes down, mm -hmm. but the second minus, if you're willing to wait a turn for it, is quite powerful for a three-mana card. Yeah. And then the ultimate is extremely powerful yeah. and very much worth building up for. Yeah, yeah Young, Young Link showed up, um, as people know, uh, as part of the global series, mm -hmm. um, she was created specifically for that product. And at the time, we thought, well, we, well, we'd love to find a home for her um, someday. But uh, frankly, we were estimating it would be much farther out. Um, but as her, as that product came together, and as her character design came together, we quickly fell for her. We were like, this is a very interesting mm -hmm. character. It's a very cool take on blue, as Yanni was saying. Um, and so we started looking around and thinking about options. And then the M20 slot in blue quickly um, became kind of a favorite. So. She um, kind of moved up to the major leagues quicker than we had expected, and uh, uh, we love to. We're so glad to have her here. Yeah. Um, we want to we want to leave some time to talk about the tokens and mm -hmm. make sure we get to the Q and A. So we're gonna move through the next couple really quickly. Uh, the next one is adorable. Mm. Just previewed today mm -hmm. by uh, Carlos Ramal, ferocious pup. 
Defend uh, this. Yeah. this oh. Defend this boy with your life. Uh, mm -hmm. Yanni, I hear you're the villain when it comes to this card. Yeah, while Steve very nobly wants to defend it, I uh, Steve I'm a and the rest of and the, the rest of the world. Yep. I'm a black green player at heart. That's my favorite color pair. <laughs> uh, I believe it's already been previewed, but Bone Splinters is in the set. Yeah. yeah. So in draft, a very valid strategy is to be sacrificing your ferocious pup to Bone Splinters. And then and here, absolutely not. You sacrifice the two two. I can't. Yeah. I, can't <laughs> I can't wait for Chaz to catch up to that yeah. comment that Yanni just made and, and see it explode. Yeah, explode. Yeah. You sacrifice the two two because, and then you protect yeah. the zero one with your life. So, as a Golgari mage, this is my idea of a joke. I think it's hilarious. Now, yeah, of course, Chat's not happy. Yeah. With you, so. Now, of course, I'll, there are raised dead variants, so your pup will come back soon enough. Don't uh -huh. worry. An undead pup. An yeah. undead pup. Maybe I think he'll there was be even cuter. About that, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the next card is. Uh, it looks like a very. It is a funny card, um, but it's also got some very serious uses. Mm -hmm. yep. So uh, let's look at Fry. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to fry. <laughs> uh, God, that flavor text too. So this is part of a cycle of cards mm -hmm. that are uh, hateful towards other colors. That's been something that R&D has gone back and forth on a lot over the years, so why is it back now? Yeah, uh, it's sort of a conclusion we came to along with the play design team uh, noticed on this cycle and also the protection creatures that mm -hmm. are in this set. Uh, we want there to be a little more blunt options for sideboarding, mm -hmm. uh, both to help the metagame be more dynamic and also to help sideboarding be a little easier. I've seen a lot of sideboards lately yep. that are just a lot of one and two ofs, cards that are playing in the main deck trying to subtly adjust. And while that is fun for some people, mm -hmm. even me as a more experienced competitive player, I you know want something a little more obvious to put in my sideboard. Sure. And so I love just knowing, oh, I have four fry. I'm playing against a white blue deck. Yeah. Get in there, take that to fairy. But at like a lower power level than oh, I put in four chill and <laughs> and go from there. Yes. Yeah. Um, so next up, again, I want to get through these kind of faster than we intended because mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we get to the token section, yeah. which I know a lot of people are excited about. Uh, so next up, see, Planar Cleansing. Mm -hmm. So it, we've reprinted this in a number of core sets. Mm -hmm. It's been around here and there. Why is it important in this one? Uh, yeah, so because of War and the Spark and all the Planeswalkers, it was pretty clear that we needed a card playing this role to just mm -hmm. totally clear the board. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Also, you know, could bring back White blue tap out control, which hasn't mm -hmm. been here for a while, but interesting card. Uh, next up, <laughs> scheming symmetry. So hey, Seb McKinnon art. What <laughs> up? Uh, so there are a number of cards in this set that even go that are even better. You know, besides modern, like this looks like it could be a legacy card, mm -hmm. or it's got some insane applications in two at a giant. So talk about this card. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I love that this card plays so differently in different formats, right. mm -hmm. and that it tells you what to do in the name. It's a symmetrical card, but mm -hmm. you need to scheme to get around that. Mm -hmm. um, so in Standard, you can be trying to mill them out. In Modern or Legacy, you can be trying to win the game that turn by, co by immediately drawing the card you tutored for and comboing off. Mm -hmm. And in Commanders, it's all about politics, where you're trying to find somebody who will get the card they need to stop the third player, while you get the card you need to then get them after they stop the third player. Right. Uh, next, Goblin Ringleader. So there were a lot of people surprised yep. this wasn't in Modern Horizons. How did it end up here? Yeah, this was another uh, impact of us working with the Modern Horizons team. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there's also a bunch of goblins in Standard, lest you forget. There's Goblin Warchief and Siege Gang Commander from Dominaria. And Skirk Prospector. And Skirk Prospector. And, yeah. 
a lot of the old gang. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So I loved the idea of getting uh, a card in here that was a classic reprint that brought that whole group back together. Mm -hmm. um, and Modern Horizons was gracious enough to only take Goblin Matron and let us have the right. Goblin Ringleader. Um, how do you, so like you said, there are a lot of goblins starting mm -hmm. as far back as Dominaria and then kind of sprinkled throughout. A lot of times we look at this part of the year between the core set mm -hmm. and rotation as the time where things can get a little crazy because you have double core sets, it's as mm -hmm. big as standard ever gets, and you, you plant some things in this that look backwards. I know right. there are a lot of dinosaurs mm -hmm. in this set too. So how do you balance these three months specifically? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, a lot of it is looking backwards and saying what can we throw back to Ixalan, Rivals, Dominaria, and M19 cards that work with them to make a really exciting environment for three months. Right. Part of it is also looking forward to the next year and seeing what cards can we make that are rotating from the prior year that next year will need or that right. will support the decks of next year. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of theories about which cards in this set are there to support next year. Mm -hmm. Some of them have been right, some of them have been wrong. Yep. So I'm excited for you all to see how that pans out. And now everybody starts to look for every yep. theory <laughs> and try to figure out which one is right and which one is wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we're going <clears> to <throat> confirm one theory uh, <laughs> next. And I think this is the last card that we're going to show. Mm -hmm. And then we'll move on to tokens after that. Uh, you mentioned before the show that this was one of the cards that was Modern Horizons aligned. Yeah. This, this was directly us thinking, how can we make a card that plays with those lands and graveyard cards from Modern Horizons? Mm -hmm. I worked with members of the Modern Horizons team to come up with this design, and there's a couple other cards that are yet to be previewed that are also like that. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to get to the tokens, because the tokens are worth spending a bunch of time on as well. Yeah, They're very sure. cool. Uh, if you've been... Looking really closely, you might see some over Enhance. by Mark's Enhance. water bottle. Enhance. Enhance. Um, so, uh, Mark, tell us about what's kind of new with the tokens yeah. here. The um, tokens are kind of a surprisingly big part of magic. I think um, mm -hmm. it's easy to underestimate just how often you're seeing tokens playing mm -hmm. the game. They're in every pack you open. If you look around any room with people playing magic, there's tokens all over the place. Um, some people collect them and use all the right ones. Some people have special ones that they, they save and um, keep year after year. But, but tokens are a big part of our offering. Um, it's been a long time since we've um, looked at our token frames. We've had token frames we've been using for a while. We love them, but we, we've just been running them for a while. And so a couple years ago, a year and a half ago, we started um, just kind of blue skying some exploration on what might it look like to, to go back and touch up that frame. Mm -hmm. And so James Arnold, one of our graphic designers who does a lot of our framework, started playing around with some stuff. At the time, we didn't know um, if we would deploy these or, or where or when, but we said, let's just start sketching some stuff out. So James started working on some directions, and um, uh, he started putting some stuff. He has like a wall by his desk. He started putting up some sketches, just some rough stuff. And um, people would just like like triple take as they <laughs> would go by, like, hello, hang on a second. Like, mm -hmm. what is this? Um, a spirit token? And so we knew we were onto something, so we refined them. We tested them. We did a lot of work to, to get them right. Um, and then we said, let's launch them with M20. So we've been the, we um, built new token frames. So we will launch these with M20. All of the tokens in the set will use this new frame. And then this will just become our new default token going forward. Mm -hmm. We may do special gags from time to time. But in general, what you're about to see here is the new style of tokens that, that is our new default. Okay. Well, let's take a look let's at look. Uh, the 
first of these tokens. Hello, soldier. There you Hello, go. Hello, soldier. Yeah, so we get a lot more art on yeah, these tokens. Exactly. So um, we we kind of pulled the frame all the way back. If you remember, the old, the old token frame has kind of an, an archway, like a stone style archway over mm -hmm. the top. Um, and we said, let's just like let's just let the art breathe. Let's like uh, um, pull it all the way to the edges. And so we have these like really gorgeous, striking tokens. They, they have different frames. So this is an example of a. Uh, there's no text box. And, and so we can pull that all the way down. James Arnold did a lot of work to figure out exactly how to kind of um, set up those text boxes and, and make things line up. Mm -hmm. And so this is an example of when we don't have much to say other than you know a, a type line and power toughness, just how much room and how much art we can get. Yeah. So we're actually going to show you all the tokens from M20 right yep. now. Uh, not everything mm -hmm. has had the card preview that makes it. Yep. So uh, you might get a little little inside info here. But let's just let's just run through all the tokens of M20. I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Yeah, I'm a spirit <laughs> token. We have seen where spirits come from. Good. They're ghosts. They come yeah. from ghosts. Johnny's private. This one's really cool. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. this is something that um, I remember Yanni pitching this as an idea. Like, what if we made a token that wasn't just like in a Johnny's primate, wasn't just a reference to a Johnny's primate? What if it just was a Johnny's primate? And I'll admit, I was skeptical at first. I was like, I don't know. That, like, what? Hang on a second. Mm -hmm. And you see it here, and it's just mm -hmm. like, I'm so glad that he, like, made this happen. It's like so exciting. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, a Johnny's Pride Mate as a token. Nice. Bird. Oh, look bird. at this one. That look at this. That's gorgeous. And that, that of course, Mu Yang Ling makes that one. That bird is also a sky dancer. Yep. <laughs> yeah, gorgeous. All right. Get your demon. Mm -hmm. yeah. Demon. I'm not, I believe, sure. I'm not sure. I don't think I don't we, believe we previewed that yeah. card yet. All right. Zombies. Classic. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I like that they're... Zombie zombie tokens are weird because we always get a lot of consternation around zombies because we've had a couple zombie tokens that right. we've used mm -hmm. a few times. Uh, but I think I think our zombie token fans are going to enjoy that yeah. one. Yeah. That one looks good. Right. And of course, there are a number of things that make 1-1 one, one elemental mm -hmm. tokens in this set. And of course, the wolf <laughs> made by our favorite good yep. boy. There you go. Mom Wolf. That's the one you sacrifice. Yeah. Golem. Golem. That is, yeah. that is a cool new take on Golem. It's cool, right? Yeah, it's yeah. made uh, by the Cavalier of Dawn. Yep. And it's matching their look. Finally, something that looks like a real treasure. Right. Mm -hmm. Just money everywhere. Yeah, it's my friend of the show, Elena Danner. I didn't oh, know nice. That. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, we decided <laughs> to also uh, kind of update the emblems as well. So yeah. here you see what that looks like. Cool. Very cool. See, so, yeah, we're we're so excited. Um, over time, you know, of course, there's um, some token types that aren't in this set, but kind of as we go forward, each set. Now that we have these new frames, we're, we're going to kind of like work our way back through the catalog. Yep. And so, if you have a favorite kind of token that that's not in this set, could be coming soon. Could be coming soon. Yep. Another, <laughs> another <laughs> Ling one. Love it. Yeah. Fantastic. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Good um, stuff. And then there was something, so the boosters, the, uh, the tokens obviously make the boosters a little more exciting yep. to open up. Uh, we did something else with the foil drop rate this set. Yeah, we've um, been uh, spending a lot of time thinking about um, what makes boosters fun to open and what makes magic fun to, to be a part of. And as we talked to, um, talked to our fans and collected data, foils just kept coming up. They're just something that a lot of our players, when they're opening a pack and they see that foil, it, it's just a great moment for them. Mm -hmm. um, and so we um, 
went back and kind of rethought the, the exact math of how of what's driving our, our foil approach right now. Um, currently, it, we do it on a uh, per card, so one in sixty-seven cards is historically how frequently you'll get a uh, foil card. Mm -hmm. And so starting with M20, we decided let's be a little more generous. And so we upped that to one in 45. Okay. And so as a result, it goes from currently, kind of before M M20, it's a little bit less than one in four packs will have a foil. And this change makes it to one in three. Okay. On average, we'll have a foil. So it's the same foils you know. Um, we've just kind of slightly increased their frequency a little. Again, we just we thought people, we, we know people like them. We wanted to be a little more generous. Mm -hmm. um, and also for people to, to keep in mind that um, when, when a foil drops into your pack, it's displacing a common, mm -hmm. but the foil itself can, can be any rarity. Right. And so when you get a foil, that's what, it, that's what enables like a double rare pack, because sometimes mm -hmm. your foils are rare and your rares are rare, mm -hmm. and so you get two. All that math stayed the same. And so as we increase that number, we've actually just slightly increased the frequency that you'll get extra rares in your packs overall. Mm -hmm. And so even if the foil treatment doesn't speak to you, the extra rare might. So it's yeah. overall, it's just a, an overall increase in, in generosity. We were excited to do it. Again, this will be our plan. It starts with M20, and we're just going to keep this kind of as our as our baseline going mm -hmm. forward. And when you open those double rare, double mythic packs, that that's something that you remember a lot mm -hmm. too. Right. I still right. remember a Dark Ascension pack, and that was when you could get a foil rare mythic and also a double uh, double, right. face double face card. Mm -hmm. yeah. Card, and I got um, it was Huntmaster of the Fells was oh. my double face. Oh. Uh, I think. Liliana. Well done. And um, Liliana was in Innistrad, Blake, so that's impossible. No, okay. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was some mythic, and then my rare foil was the Destroy All Humans Reanimate All Zombies. Right. Right? Yeah. Anyway. I, I look yeah. forward to more moments in draft of getting uh, pick, pack one, pick two, a Chandra Awakened Inferno, because the first person also took a Chandra Awakened <laughs> Inferno. Inferno. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, so. That is all the things we plan to talk mm -hmm. about. I do have a bunch of questions from chat. I'm so surprised. <laughs> Shocker. Um, chat never has We have questions. about nine minutes. We're going to try to get through as many as possible. Uh, I'm going to answer the question right now. Is the Mythic uh, Tournament going to be streamed here tomorrow? Yes. Tune in at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UTC, uh, right here on twitch.tv slash magic for Mythic Championship 3. So it's going to be streamed three days, yep. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, all on this channel. And again, all starting at 9 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow. Back to M20 stuff. One topic we didn't get to that I had some questions in chat about is the return of protection. Mm -hmm. So uh, in the past, we've heard that protection was going away because it was confusing or, or whatnot. Why is it coming back now? Yeah, uh, I briefly cover this when talking about Fry and those color hate cards. Mm -hmm. uh, but we like the idea of having a bit of um, stronger tools to deal with problematic cards that have come out in the past couple of years, or just generally giving people clearer sideboard options mm -hmm. of, here's what you bring in if, you know, this green deck is the one that's all the rage at your F&M. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, now, what happened with, because in Dominaria, we just had the Hexproof from mm -hmm. Experiment. Will that ever come back? Is, would the, would, I believe it's actually, it's actually in this set. Okay. Uh, on the green card that hates against uh, blue and black cards. Yep. That's sort of an updated Autumn's Veil. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're still using it as a tool. Uh, a lot of how we got here is play design just liking having a lot of tools at their disposal. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you know we need Hexproof from Color to be the exact thing that makes the card that we think will help the metagame, we'll be able to do that. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. 
Uh, one question we got is, is there M20 story? I will field that one. There is not M20 story. We'll be saying more about story coming soon, but there isn't one specifically associated with M20 like there was the Nickel Bolas right. origin mm -hmm. story uh, last year. Um, do, 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 do. We asked that one. Uh, there were a couple questions about the power level of the set because there are a lot of people very excited about mm -hmm. the set and they think the power level is high. Uh, the question was, uh, was that intentional to make it higher than last year's power level? And if so, why? Yeah. Part of it was intentional. Mm -hmm. uh, when we came back to the core set last year, uh, we were still trying to figure out exactly what the core set was. We were really focused on making it a good spot for returning players to right. come in. Mm -hmm. This year, we were very aware, oh, everyone's really going to be interacting with the core set. Right. We kind of let it have a seat at the big kids' table in mm -hmm. terms of thinking we want to get cards into standard, cards people want to own for modern and commander, and making sure that it's relevant to all the players, not just the new ones. Yeah, well said. Mm -hmm. okay. Is this a power level that you expect going forward? Yeah. Is it going to go up and down? Yeah. I think this is very much yep. you know, sort of where play design's head is at of, um, a power level that we can sustainably make magic fun at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's always good to have goals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, we've gotten a couple questions on uh, what Chad's calling Standard Plus, which is actually an arena format. Mm -hmm. Not these guys' area, uh, but I can tell you that we should have some uh, news on that soon. I'll just, I'll just say soon. We have a date in mind, but I don't want to say that date, <laughs> and then it slips, and then people get angry with me, but very soon. Um, Du, 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 du. Next question. Uh, this one's probably from Mark. Uh, would we ever do another global series type product? Yeah, I think the all we learned a ton from the global series the first time out. I think in retrospect, we got some parts of it um, right and some parts of it wrong. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, the the characters that came out of it, as you've seen now, both of them have have found homes, and we have plans for them um, to be part of our larger uh, umbrella of characters. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot about the kind of the, the playability and the approachability of those decks that, that we're excited about. We love working with our partners um, in that market. We love kind of reaching out to a specific audience um, and really trying to craft something for a, a targeted group of people that we, that we thought might enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So I think we're happy with the approach. We're happy with some of the goals. And in retrospect, we would do a lot of the, the details and the specifics differently. So we're taking all of that into consideration and, and thinking about what does it look like next time around or in future incarnations because uh, we still want to continue to find ways to bring people into the game mm -hmm. and we'll just kind of improve our, uh, our approach as we go. Okay. Um, Steve, yeah, this is a question for you, actually. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. no. This, is, this is an actual work question. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Steve, when are we going to find more out about archery? You know, that's a great question, Blake. Uh, Archery is something that I'm really excited to learn more about, mm -hmm. and I'm sure our audience is too. Uh, I'd say you're, you're, you know, so one of the events that I really like every year is an event called uh, San Diego Comic Con. It is a fun mm -hmm. event. It is yeah. a really yep. fun event. You know, I think uh, we've done some stuff there in the past. Mm -hmm. It would be really cool to, to see what we're doing there this year. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it could could be could, could be, be anything. Boat. Could be a boat. <laughs> who knows? Uh, archery, for those who aren't aware, is the code name of the fall set. Yeah. So, so I would, uh, you know, if you if you're a big Magic fan, I'd say paying attention during the uh, the week of San Diego Comic Con next month is uh, is probably going to be a pretty good week for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I 
think that is uh, most of what we can answer. Uh, let's. I'm going to run through a couple things that are coming up. Let's throw up the preview card, yeah. Lotus Field, mm -hmm. uh, while we chat about a couple things. So Lotus Field was the card that we previewed new on mm -hmm. the stream today. Uh, we also talked about tokens. If you want to see either Lotus Field or the tokens, you can head to dailymtg.com. Uh, where we have two articles showing off all of them, so you can see all the images for all the tokens, as well as, of course, Lotus Field. And I wrote a little article because I was very excited about this card that walks through a lot of the synergies you can do with it in Commander and, and various other places. Mm -hmm. uh, again, tomorrow morning, uh, Pacific Time, 9 a.m., right here on twitch.tv slash magic uh, is Mythic Championship 3. Uh, so this is our first Mythic Championship played entirely on Arena. We've had a Mythic Invitational that was played entirely on Arena. Uh, this is our first Mythic Championship uh, played as such. And we've got 68 great competitors, including everyone from the MPL, a uh, number of invites, and uh, some people who earned their way there through Arena play, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. um, head to uh, mpgesports.com to learn more about that. Uh, next week... Oh boy, next week's show. Next week's show. <laughs> oh boy. So we will, thought this show was great. Yeah. Yeah. We will spend some time talking about the Mythic Championship, yep. kind of highlights, uh, what happened, uh, what decks did well, what players did well, that sort of thing. Uh, but we will also have an announcement, and I'll just say, if you like Pauper, tune in. Ian Duke and Gavin Verhey are going to oh, be Oh, I like those guys. They're nice. Yeah, they're, they do they're some nice. work. You guys are nice, They too. work on some things. We're all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, fans of Pauper should turn in next week. Tune in next week. Yeah. Um, for everyone else, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank yeah. you, Mark, yeah. Yanni, yeah. for being yeah. here. I guess thank you, Steve. <laughs> he's, he's here all the time. <laughs> and uh, we will see you next week on Weekly MTG. Thanks.